Finding Willis. My mum told me some years ago that her parents married in July 1918 after quite a short courtship. She also told me that my grandmother Edith had lost a previous fiancé in the Great War and all she knew about him was that his name was Willis. Was this his forename or surname I asked. My mum wasn't sure. So that was that, a very slim chance of ever knowing who Willis was and what happened to him and when. If he was a local lad, there is a Willis recorded on Smalley Boys School War Memorial, Willis Annibal, who lived at Horsley Woodhouse. Some previous research I did into the men on the memorial revealed that he was killed on the 29th of July 1917 and is buried in Abbeville Communal Cemetery Extension in France. It could be him, but I would never know for sure. How did Edith and Willis meet? My grandmother worked in domestic service in many locations, from Scotland to the Isle of Wight and many places in between. Could her Willis have been similarly employed at the same place and time as my grandmother? In the early years of the 20th century, she left Smalley to pursue her duties in service and in 1902 was in Lancaster Gate, London, where she was baptised on the 13th of March. She was 19 years of age. In 1901 she was in Smalley on census night, so the census doesn't really help with where she was working at this time, unless it was in Smalley, but no occupation is given. In 1911 she was at Stonebridge House, Grantham, where she was a parlour maid in service with the Parker family. This is the census closest to the start of the Great War, and the information gained from it can sometimes give a clue as to where someone was employed in 1914, and who was with them, although it's not guaranteed. However, there is no Willis at the house, so that line of inquiry can close. Maybe my mum got the story wrong all along, and there is no Willis after all. I've recently been going through some family photographs from my mum's archive and have come across a postcard sent from France sending Christmas wishes to Miss Harrison at King's Standing near Burton-on-Trent and it's signed Willis. I know from my mum's notes that Edith was at King's Standing at some time during her life. Success! What's more it's dated December 1917, so now I have proof that Willis did exist and that he corresponded with my grandmother and was with the BAF in France. There is no other reference to his identity or whereabouts on the card. This discovery immediately ruled out the local man Willis Hannibal, who was killed in July 1917. Edith Willis was definitely alive in December 1917. My grandparents married in July 1918 after bans. 
This means that the bans would be read on three consecutive Sundays before the date of the marriage, which was the 10th of July. A quick check in Smalley Parish Register revealed these were read commencing on the 9th of June. Allowing for a courtship period of, say, two months, I can therefore narrow down the period in which Willis would have been killed. I therefore carried out a search for all casualties killed from the 19th of December 1917, the date on the postcard, until the 31st of March 1918. Not all names are given on the CWGC records, that's the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. That means I had to search not only all the Willises, but all the men with the initial W too, that were killed between those dates. Willis could have been a middle name and therefore I had to list all men with the initial W, either first or subsequently written. This resulted in a list of nearly 2,300 names. Willis, or later initial, W. Such was the weight of the losses during this period. The German Spring Offensive against the Allies commenced on the 21st of March 1918 and the majority of those casualties occurred between then and the end of the month, referring to my search criteria. I also ran a search on ancestry for all Willises that had a 1918 date of death. In addition, I consulted soldiers died in the Great War, ignoring any death that occurred later than the 31st of March. This helped to eliminate all but 15 names of the original 2,300. It was also necessary to sort the bachelors from those men that were married. That removed two more from the list. I also decided, rightly or wrongly, to ignore those who were 25 years of age or less, as my grandmother was 35 in 1918, and I considered it unlikely she would be close to anyone ten years or more younger than she was. Ages and occupations were obtained from the census returns for each individual. This removed eight more names from the list. Having narrowed the list down further, it was necessary to look more closely at the men that remained. This involved looking at the details held by the Commonwealth War Graves Commission and checking the army registers of soldiers' effects relating to the location of the grave or memorial and from where the man came and any relatives next of kin etc. Next of kin must not be a wife for obvious reasons. After all this elimination and filtering of candidates I was left with just two possible names Willis Bray and Willis Greaves both of whom had passed all the necessary criteria that had set but which one? The answer is, I don't know for certain, but on the balance of probabilities I would have to opt for Willis Bray. The reason is that his occupation as a joiner could have taken him to a large house to carry out work, and that, that may be where they met. Willis Greaves, on the other hand, was an iron moulder, and it would seem unlikely that he would have met my grandmother, being employed in the steel industry in Sheffield. I discovered also later, from a recheck of the census, that Willis Greaves was actually 25 years old, although his death records state that he was 28, so that also counted against him.
Willis Bray was born in Honley, Yorkshire, on the last day of 1889, and baptised on 9th of February 1890 at the parish church there. In 1911 he was living with his parents, Fred and Alice Mary, sister Rose Lily and grandmother Lydia Bray, at Owens Terrace, Honley, which is between Huddersfield and Homefirth. He enlisted in the 21st Battalion, West Yorkshire Prince of Wales's own regiment, possibly when it was formed in September 1915. His medal index card confirms he didn't serve in any theatre of war before the 31st of December 1915. His service number was 21 stroke 271. The battalion moved to Rakeswood Camp, Skipton in February 1916 and from there to France in June 1916 to become Divisional Pioneer Battalion to the 4th Division. It is possible that Edith and Willis met whilst he was at Skipton, although I have no knowledge that Edith ever worked near there. However, it was possible. The battalion was sometimes referred to as the Wool Textile Pioneers, I imagine in the spirit of the naming of PALS battalions, formed of men from the same locality or trade, Halifax being connected with the wool trade. They were in action during the Battle of the Somme. In 1917 they were at Arras, involved in the First and Second Battles of the Scarp, before moving north to Ypres, where they fought in the Battle of Polygon Wood, also the Battle of Broodsinder, the Battle of Polcapel, and the First Battle of Passchendaele. In 1918 they were back at Arras, where Willis was killed in action on the 27th of March, 1918, aged 28 years. The job of the pioneers was one of labouring rather than fighting, although they would be equipped to fight as necessary when called upon. They were involved in trench digging and maintenance. As lines were constantly moving during battles, it was the job of the pioneers to dig communication trenches to link up with the fighting trenches to enable support troops to be quickly moved up to the front and for the wounded to be evacuated to the casualty clearing stations in the rear. It must have been a frightening experience for these men, as the battle ranges around them while they continued their important work. They'd be exposed to artillery and small arms fire, possibly from both sides, and possibly all at the same time. Among other items my mum passed on to me, was a small brooch with a floral motif and the word Arras across the centre. This is typical of the many small souvenirs that were produced by the inhabitants of places where the Tommies were billeted. I'm now sure that this brooch was purchased and sent back to my grandmother by Willis during his time in that French city, and there is no doubt that Willis was in Arras. From the information contained from the 4th Division unit diaries, the division of which the 21st West Yorkshires were part. Willis Bray is buried in Mindel Trench British Cemetery, Saint Laurent Blain, on the outskirts of Arras, Row D, Grave 19. 
He's one of 14 West Yorkshiremen who were killed on that day and who lie in the cemetery. In fact, all the casualties that were killed on that day are from the same battalion. This would suggest that they may have been killed together as a work party, and if so, almost certainly by shell fire, maybe even the same shell. There is a discrepancy in the details held by the CWGC. The Graves Registration Report gives the date of death as the 29th of March, which is at variance with all other records I've consulted. 27th of March 1918 seems the more likely, as this date is recorded in a number of different sources. The Commonwealth War Graves Commission description of the cemetery states until the 9th of April 1917, the Allied front line ran practically through the village of saint laurent Blangy. The trench, known to the Germans as Mindel Trench, and called in 1918 McLaren Trench, was taken by the 9th Scottish Division on the 9th of April 1917, and the cemetery was made by the side of the trench after the battle. It was used by fighting units and field ambulances until September 1918, and was at times called Stirling Camp and Saint Laurent Blanqui, Forward Cemetery. Mindel Trench British Cemetery contains 191 burials of the First World War, nine of which are unidentified. The cemetery was designed by N. A. Rue. Rest in peace, Willis, lest we forget. Mm -hmm.